What's up, guys? Gonna do a quick little podcast on this Thursday. Uh, get it to the weekend. Um, I watched the All Madden biography yesterday on. Uh, I think it was on Tubi. Uh, I don't really know. I think I think it originally aired on Fox, but now I think you can pick it up on Tubi, Hulu Live, Sling, or YouTube TV, and maybe even YouTube as well. But it was a great um, a documentary biography of the great John Madden. You know, the guy who. Uh, coached the Raiders, uh, gave all he could, realized his tank was empty, and, and stepped away and reluctantly uh, went into the booth as a uh, unknowledgeable guy about how uh, commentating worked in the NFL and ends up being an icon that stretches across, I guess, like 40 years. Um, it was pretty cool uh, to have, um, you know, Coaches from this time, Belichick, Andy Reid, those guys talk about the impact Madden had. The players from uh, Lawrence Taylor to Joe Montana, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, talk about the impact he had on the broadcasting of the games. And then the young guys like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson talking about how they wanted to be on the cover of Madden. And me and Kurt covered this on our podcast Sunday. There's probably a lot of guys, a lot of kids who are playing uh, the new Madden right now on their PlayStation or Xbox that have no idea who John Madden is, but they want that new Madden 2022. Um, so uh, it, it's a great uh, story about his life and how it evolved and, and what a lovable person he was uh, to everyone and how, you know, he, he, you know, from other media members to coaches, players, and, uh, you know, people to producers of the shows, how much they love John Madden. It, it was a great story. So that being said, I'm going to do a uh, all Madden team myself. And there's only two prerequisites. One is I actually saw them play. So it's not going to be the Johnny Unitas's, the, the Jack Lambert's, the Mean Joe Green's, and the Jack Tatum's. I didn't see those guys play, so I can't really put them on my list. And number two, they have to be retired can't be any Tom Brady's or Gronkowski's or any of these guys and Rodgers that we're still watching on TV now. It's got to be guys who have retired. So that's that's the two prerequisites. So let's get it on. My old Madden team, which pretty much stretches from 1984 to now. Um, 84 is really when I, when I sunk my teeth into sports and it became a passion of mine to just keep up with what's going on in the sporting world. I wish it would have been maybe science or something else, and maybe I'd be rich now. But uh, I got a bunch of useless knowledge of, of sports. So my team's going to start out at quarterback. <clears throat> a lot of great quarterbacks, man. Uh, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Brett Favre, all the way up to the Peyton Mannings uh, of the world. But my guy's going to be John Elway. Uh, a dude played his whole career without a left ACL. Uh, I feel like the ACL pretty much knocks a guy out for a year, maybe two now. John Elway didn't have one. Great athlete, got drafted to play baseball as well. Uh, Could have seen him uh, with the New York Yankees maybe. But went to the Broncos, uh, went to several Super Bowls early, got beat, and then finished his career, went out on top, went in a couple Super Bowls with Terrell Davis. Uh, I think the guy's big in the pocket like a Ben Roethlisberger, but tough as nails um, and, you know, nimble enough to get a first down when need be. Uh, he always could scramble out 
and get uh, uh you know the necessary yardage for a first down like an Aaron Rodgers. But he was just tough, man. There's a, the, the clips of him getting you know helicoptered on a tackle heading to the goal line in the Super Bowl. Uh, dude was tough. Um, I love John Elway. I wasn't a fan of the Broncos, and, and Marino was my guy. But you know, looking back, I think John Elway epitomizes the toughness it takes to be on the All Madden team, and uh, that's the guy I would go to war with if I had my pick. Um, number, or secondly, uh, we go to the running backs. A lot of great running backs, man. Growing up, you know, the Marcus Allen's and the Roger Craig's, and uh, you know. That was Bo Jackson, all the way up to the Ladanian Tomlinsons. Uh, there was guys, you know, you know, I grew up watching like John Riggins, tough guys. Walter Payton, you know, sweetness was was up there on the list. But the two I'm gonna pick, uh, and the first one is Barry Sanders. I feel like if Barry Sanders had any formidable offense, there's no telling how many uh, yards he would have ran for. Uh, the Detroit Lions were rarely in contention, but Barry, uh, you know, always gave. His uh, 110% and retired kind of early, where I think if he had had some success, you might have seen him uh, for several more years. Um, Emmitt Smith probably got a lot of the, the run in that era, but I feel like Barry Sanders may have been a better back um, without that offensive line that, that Emmitt Smith had. So Barry Sanders is my number one. My number two, um, there's a lot of guys who can catch the football at the backfield. Um, a lot of guys who can do uh, multiple multiple things, but Marshall Falk, I felt like was probably the best at being a running back one, but could also come out the backfield and catch a ball or catch ten balls a game. Uh, Marshall Falk was just like he uh, was a all-in-one package and out in the backfield, catch, run, block, do whatever he needed. He could just he could play wide receiver the whole game if need be and just catch passes. Uh, he was phenomenal with that uh, greatest show on turf and definitely a Hall of Famer, tough guy. Uh, I'm putting Marshall Falk as my second running back. Now, fullback is kind of a position that's been rubbed out, I guess, over the years. There's a few teams that will have one. Um, you know, 49ers, they'll throw a fullback in there every now and again, and, and as well as maybe the Chiefs. But most teams don't run a two-back set. And so – you know, back in the day, Tom Rathman was probably the best in the business for the 49ers. He opened up the holes for Roger Craig and Ricky Waters and those uh, 49ers teams. But but my uh, my number one is Mike Allstott. I've seen more than one time Mike Allstott come off the field with a bloody nose or a busted mouth. He always put his head in there uh, making holes for the Buccaneers teams. And uh, he could also handle the football at the goal line. He scored a, uh, his share of touchdowns. And he could catch the ball too, but you know, mainly his his job was the lead block, and he did that as good as anybody. Tough as nails, uh, Michael Allstott is my fullback for my All Madden team. Wide receivers, um, I don't think you can really argue with with two of these, and I don't really think you can make an argument for the third one, but you may. But anyway, Jerry Rice. Is the epitome of if there's a 99 rating for a wide receiver, it's gonna be Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice could play the slot. Uh, he could he could play deep. Uh, it was very few people who could ever stay with Jerry Rice. You know, him and Dion had some great uh, battles, but uh, Jerry Rice was the one guy who could probably get the best of Dion. He was just his work ethic. I mean, he came out and he was ran like a four seven, 
but his work ethic uh, made him the greatest of all time. Won all those championships with Montana and Young, and uh, was the you know the epitome of a wide receiver in the NFL. Jerry Rice is definitely the number one. Uh, number two, there's a lot of guys, man. Like I said, and this guy, his teammate was one of the best. Uh, Randy Moss is is to me a, a total package. Uh, you can probably throw Calvin Johnson out there. And like I said, Randy Moss's teammate, Chris Carter, is up there. Art Monk, Steve Largent. You know, there's guys up and down the list who were great great wide receivers in the league. But I feel like Randy Moss had the speed, had the size, had the hands, and he just evolved into a great wide receiver. He's uh, almost unguardable in open spaces, and uh, he was phenomenal on that undefeated uh, Patriots team until they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Um, absolutely uh, great, and I- I'd take Randy Moss any day as my number two. Number three, this is the controversial one, but I feel like he may be as good as the first two, and that's Terrell Owens. Uh, I feel like if Under Armour could hire one person to be the spokesperson for what Under Armour was when it came out, the uh, dry fit, uh, tight shirt with the abs and the, and the chest muscles and the biceps, it would be uh, Terrell Owens, a big, big, strong, tough, fast guy who didn't mind going across the middle, who liked taking the punishment but would give it out just as well. Um, you know, the 49er days, it was uh, rivalries with Dallas, uh, well-documented. Uh, broke a leg and came back and still played in the Super Bowl for the Eagles. Uh, he wasn't. He was had that Barry Bonds effect. He wasn't the greatest, uh, most likable guy, and I think that's why he kind of got rubbed out a little early. But you can't argue the athleticism that Terrell Owens had. Uh, definitely one of the best to ever do it. So he's my third wide receiver, uh, in my in my three wide receiver set. Offensive line, man, I I don't know that I'm smart enough to argue tactical offensive lines. You know, you could throw a lot of guys out there, the Nate Newtons, the Willie Rofes, the Tony Baselli's, the Anthony Munoz, um, at center, the Dwight Stevenson's and Jeff Saturdays, you know, guys like Alan Fanica. You know, you could throw out a bunch of names like this. I don't know that I can pick a top five. I'll take any of those guys I named, Larry Allen from Dallas, you know, you can take any of them guys and throw them up there. And I believe with uh, Barry Sanders and Marshall Falk and them three wide receivers, you're going to have a pretty good offense. So I'll just throw those names out there. Um, I'm not going to argue about uh, offensive linemen because I don't know a whole heck of a lot about the ins and outs of that. To finish up the offensive side of the ball, we go with tight end. I feel like through the 80s and 90s, to win a Super Bowl, you had to have an elite tight end. And, you know, a lot of people argue this, but, you know, you look at the 49ers with Dwight Clark. You look at um, the Dallas teams with Jay Novacek. You know, there was always a, a Todd Christensen, um, you know, a Shannon Sharp. There was always somebody who was a, a, a difference maker at tight end, not not just a, a big uh, extra blocker. It was a guy who could open up the middle of the field, had a little speed, had good hands, could block if need be. And I feel like the best one of that era was Mark Bavaro. Mark Bavaro just looked apart. A big, tall, big, strong guy who could run block when needed to, but was bigger than any linebacker, 
um, and, and just as fast to get open across the middle and definitely bigger than any defensive back. Um, like I said, there was a lot of guys. Uh, Shannon Sharp was one that I thought about. He had a longevity of a career with the Broncos and the Ravens and, and was really good. Uh, dudes like Ben Coates got the job done uh, for the Patriots. There was a lot of uh, uh, really good tight ends. Um, Jason Witten was another one that was a stud. But uh, I feel like, for my money, Mark Bavaro was, was tough as nails and would fit on this football team. What goes to the defensive side of football, um, defensive line, there's a lot of guys. I mean, you can from, – from, from defensive end, you can talk about, you know, the stray hands for the more recent time. You can talk about Charles Haley, who got five rings between the Cowboys and 49ers. Jason Taylor, who didn't play a lot of football but ended up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There's a lot of dudes. Richard Dent. There's a lot of defensive ends. But the two you got to start with, I think, are Reggie White and Bruce Smith. Uh, Reggie White was the minister of defense in Green Bay, uh, came to Carolina, uh, did some did some good things to 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 boost his teams, un unblockable at times. He had the old swim move and the wham move and the bang move or whatever. He would just throw guys out the way and get to the quarterback. Reggie White was phenomenal, great man. Um, Bruce Smith, the anchor on that defense for the Bills, who went to four Super Bowls. Um, you know he was another tenacious guy who would just get after it. If you're a quarterback, you know, you had to hate seeing him line up across from you. Um, those two guys uh, definitely uh, book in the defensive line. On the inside, the interior part of the defensive line, there's a lot of guys, you know, that, that could be mentioned as well. Like Jim Burt from the uh, Giants back in the day, number 64. He was so wide that the six usually on one side and the four was on the other. That guy was tough. You know, guys like Mongo McMichaels and and those old-timey guys, Carl Mecklenburg. A lot of guys for uh, them 80s teams were tough. But what I want, I think, and, and, you know, Warren Sapp, Dana Stubblefield, guys like that as well uh, more recently. But the two guys I want, I want Tony Saragusa, the big Italian, 350 pounds in the middle. I feel like if he's in there, uh, you know, he, he was uh, one of the anchors for that Baltimore Ravens defense that they could stuff the run, kept everybody under 100 yards. I want that big body in there. And I also want the Patriots uh, uh, Hall of Famer Vince Wilfork. I want him in the uh, I want him in the middle as well, another 350-pound guy. If you're going to run the football, it's going to have to be on the outside. You're definitely not going up the middle with either one of those guys. Wilfork was the anchor for that defensive line. Um for years um, with the Patriots winning, uh, you know, all those Super Bowls. So Vince Wilfork, Tony Saragusa, those are my two inside guys. Uh, moving to linebacker, man, there's a laundry list of guys that you could put at linebacker. There were so many good guys uh, over the years. Uh, you know, the junior Seals, you know, one of the most athletic uh, linebackers, unfortunately, you know, he, he too has passed. Um, but, you know, guys like that who could run side to side, could get after the quarterback, but could also play in run coverage. Uh, Lawrence Taylor is the, the uh, epitome of a dog when it comes to linebacker. Uh, I feel like he was on the show and talked about the impact that John Madden had on him. Um, he's definitely uh, probably the greatest of all time at outside linebacker. Um, on the other outside, I'll take a guy like uh, Derek Thomas. 
Uh, Derek Thomas was always in the highlight reel for the Chiefs. He got after the quarterback. Big athletic guy. If he was a little bit heavier, he'd probably been a defensive end. But he could play both. He could put, play with his hand on the ground, or he could play in coverage as well. So Derek Thomas is my second uh, outside linebacker. Uh, the two guys in the middle, uh, Singletary, you could you could make a case for, obviously. Um, definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, guys like Harry Carson and, and, and the old guys like that. But I'm going to take uh, Ray Lewis. Uh, nobody was intense as Ray Lewis just coming out the tunnel. And he was that guy. He was that quarterback on the field for the Ravens that won those Super Bowls. Uh, Ray Lewis, you know, he gets after it. Uh, he's tough. Peyton Manning's broken down some film on Ray Lewis about how smart he was, how he could read uh, offensive plays, and, and how well he adjusted and set his defense. And uh, last and, and for not least, but Luke Keekley. Uh, I feel like, you know, there's guys like Zach Thomas, some undersized guys, some Brian Erlackers, guys who could play all over the field. But Luke Keekley, man, was just so smart, so good. Uh, and you could tell by the by the Panthers' record when he was in the game, just that one guy on defense, their record was so much different than when he was off the field. Played so hard, he knocked himself out at times with the concussions and, and finally retired. But I feel like Luke Keekley in the middle at the quarterback of a defense, it's hard to beat that guy. Uh, so I'm going to have LT and DT on the outside. I'm going to have Luke Keekley and Ray Lewis in the middle. We're going to go to corners. Um... I guess you got to put Dion on there. Dion's going to be a shutdown corner. Uh, he's going to be the mouth and the quarterback in the backfield. There's a lot of there's a lot of good defensive backs you could put on the list. The Rod Woodsons, you know, the uh, Daryl Greens, the Steve Atwaters. Those guys were great. But if you want the best of the best, I think you got to start with Dion Sanders. Um, speed, athleticism. Uh, he's the one guy who could kind of corral Jerry Rice at times. Um, he's definitely on the list. And, you know, he brings a, the bravado that you need, the arrogance in that secondary. So I'm taking Deion Sanders. Plus, he's going to return punts for me as well and, and kickoffs because, you know, when he's in prime time, it's hard to beat. Uh, another guy who could play on both sides of the ball, Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson could play – you know, any any part of the backfield, he was athletic, makes breaks on balls, um, did a lot um, in his career, um, shutting down uh, wide receivers. Uh, Charles Woodson was phenomenal. Um, <clears throat> and then the two safeties. Troy Palomalo could play anywhere on the field. He's the only guy I've ever seen that could read snap count so good that he would be on the quarterback before he finished his three-step drop. Uh, the long hair flowing. Like Pittsburgh had a bunch of great defensive players, but I think Troy Palomalo is definitely on this list. He would, it, you know, stop run coverage. He could also play in the secondary, cover guys. He was tough. Um, you know, uh, Southern Cal guy uh, came in and made a big impact for the Steelers in their Super Bowl runs. And then also Ed Reed, uh, the Miami Hurricane. He was a he was a quarterback also in the defensive backfield and anchored down those Baltimore Ravens teams. He seemed to always be near the football. He could always find a way to get uh, uh, interceptions or big stops, cover guys, tip balls away, uh, won a lot of games off his defense. Uh, the Ravens uh, really needed that guy in, in that backfield. 
And another guy I'm going to throw in there just because he's tough. I don't know if it would translate in today's game because of the, of the rules and the penalties, but Ronnie Lott. Uh, Ronnie Lott knocked your block off, um, broke a finger. I believe he had just cut it off during the game just to keep playing. Um, that epitomizes the toughness of an all-Madden team. So Ronnie Lott is my uh, nickelback. I'll put him at nickelback. Um, like I said, there's a lot of guys you could put on this list, man. You could throw a Chuck Cecil back there, which he would be probably banned from football by the rules today. But Chuck Cecil would knock your block off and knock his own self out. Um, that guy was tough as nails as well. So that's my team. only thing that leaves me is uh, kickers. And I don't know that you could have all Madden kickers, but I'm going to throw Adam Vinatieri in there. Without him being clutch in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, I'm not sure the Patriots have all the rings they have, whether it's in snow or, or 50 yards or, or three seconds to go. Adam Vinatieri always made the kick for the Patriots. I'll take that dude and, and put him in a, a number one spot on the all-Madden team. And then if I got to take a punter, I'm going to take Reggie Roby uh, with the single bar face mask for the Miami Dolphins. He did it for so long. That dude was the best punter in football. Um, hopefully we don't have to punt. With this team we got with Elway, Sanders, Falk, uh, Rice, Moss, and T.O., we probably ain't going to punt much. But for some reason, if we uh, if we stall out, Reggie Roby will uh, give us a good boot and put it in good field position. So that's my team. I just want to throw a little team together from, from my lifetime. Um, I thought it was interesting watching this film, watching the old clips, seeing the old guys, and, and watching Madden uh, telestrate uh, the defense of an offensive plays. Uh, Tony Romo and, and Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, they do a great job now, but it's not like what Madden used to do when he break out that marker. It was phenomenal to watch those old highlights. And uh, uh, John Madden, uh, larger than life, and uh, through the video game, I guess his life will, will carry on. So good documentary. You need to check it out. Uh, you got any uh, opinion on your all-Madden team? I'm sure there's some guys you wouldn't have on there or you would add add to your list. Now let me hear it. I'm, I'm fine with a uh, discussion or argument or, or where you think I'm wrong. But uh, check out that John Madden biography. It's called All Madden. You can find it on Tubi, Hulu, YouTube TV, Sling, and, and probably a couple other places to stream it. Thanks for listening. See you guys Sunday.